Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, S.T. Tangarala, and today our guest will be none other than Scott Kalick. Scott is was formerly the owner and the founder and CEO of Continental Laundry Services Incorporated, where he ran that business for 25 years. He is currently an angel investor and an advisor to Entra, that which is a a prominent web 3.0 platform focused on like buildings connections workspaces and building social building a strong social network on the web 3.0 space and so yeah and scott is someone who is who loves to do outdoor activities and he's looking to combine all these different experiences into one and looking to make that impact in the future of web 3.0 and even investing so scott welcome to the show thank you so how's the uh so i heard that a few days ago you were out in pittsburgh and now you're back in colorado right actually you got it backwards i i, I just i drove from uh colorado to pittsburgh uh, last wednesday through friday got here late friday night so just kind of settling back into pittsburgh now um be here for about three weeks and head, heading back to colorado three so and a half weeks yeah is it would you, so what made you decide to move to colorado originally i think you say you, you currently live there I live yeah I'm, I'm there I'm there a lot of the year um I uh I started going out there in the early 1980s you know doing some skiing and um my uh we we kind of had a family uh home out there which we own with a couple other families so I got to spend some time out there every year and I just kind of fell in love with it and um when I had an opportunity I I decided to buy a place out there and um the more I'm out there the more i want to be out there so so yeah, I'm spending what, what, more. Were, what were your favorite activities to do over there in colorado well i ski um you know ski season starts in december and it goes till about april so uh you know i skied 78 times in 2021 i skied 72 times last year um so you know typically i'll work um from about because there's, there's a time change there i'll work from about six in the morning till about noon you know, I'll get on the slopes around 12, 31, ski the afternoons. And, um, you know, that's my, that's my winter in the summer. I kind of do the same thing except with golf, you know. So I live on a golf course and, you know, I play a lot of golf. I have a couple of bikes, you know, so I have a couple road bikes. And, you know, I, I like riding the, riding the mountains, riding the hills up there. And it's great workout. And, uh, and there's great hiking out there. And I have a, I have an incredible, uh, Bernadoodle, um, she's a mountain dog, so she loves it out there. And uh, you know, we take hikes together. We spend time walking every day. That's one of my favorite things to do. I don't, I don't miss that. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I hardly miss a day out there with her. So, well, <clears throat> yeah, well, I would say Colorado is one place where a lot of people are flocking to these days, especially a lot of young tech uh, entrepreneurs and startup founders. Uh, and they're looking is it, are they trying to harness that natural scenic beauty along with along with showcasing a nicer place to work at or something is that is that true well you know one of the gifts of covid is that it's shown us that you know we don't need to be in an office we don't need to be constrained we can work from anywhere you know so if you can figure out where you want to work you know live and be um Colorado is a great place to go. You know, I mean, if you can work from anywhere, why not be in the mountains or why not be by the sea? Um, you know, we're not constrained anymore by being in a, being in a city and being in the office. Um, 
you know, I mean, I love being in the city, but for me, you know, to be in the mountains is a whole lot better. <laughs> that makes sense. So uh, let's go back to your background in a way. I think when you, uh, you said back, you started a laundry business back in college that, you know, that transformed into this large uh, company that you ran for 25 years. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, it was actually after college. Um, I had an opportunity. I, I grew up in Chicago um, and I was I really never thought I'd live anywhere else than Chicago. You know, I talked about living in a city. I mean, to me, Chicago was the ultimate city and it was a wonderful place to be and great place to grow up. Um, I never thought I'd be any place other than Chicago. But, um, you know, I got in my late 20s and, you know, I I'd had a couple jobs and, um, you know, and for me, you know, I always see, I always saw the limitations of the people I was working with, working for, I should say. Um, and, you know, I remember my dad telling me, hey, you know what, you owe it to yourself to have your own company and to run your own business, you know, and to do it on your own. And I always took that to heart. And uh, I had an opportunity to, to buy a small little boutique company in Pittsburgh, you know, in my late 20s. I just gotten married and uh, my my then wife and I moved out to Pittsburgh. Um, didn't know a soul out here. Um, we bought this company and, you know, we, we start out with two employees and, um, right, this boutique company is, is the laundry company or is it something? Yeah, it was, we, we were, it was called, it's, it's uh, what's known as a route laundry company. So we operated coin operated laundry machines in apartment buildings, colleges, universities, um, you know, anything <laughs> multi-housing and, uh, you know, and it turned out to be a really, really fast paced business. And, you know, I think. Our initial plan was to, you know, buy it, um, run it for five years, pay down our debt, um, sell it, you know, take our equity, move back to Chicago, have a nice nest egg. Um, but as it turned out, we just, you know, it just started growing and it just kept going. And right. was um, it a was it like a joint business in a way? Or like it's like you and your wife ran it together? Yeah, we did. We did. We ran it together. And, um, you know, we, and we just kept growing and, you know, you know, in, in time we had 40 employees, you know, we, we, we had, uh, you know, we, we had about $12 million in revenue. Um, it was a really, you know, it was a good business, um, very fast paced, you know, I was completely engaged in it. Um, and after about 20 years, you know, my, my then wife and I, you know, we we both had our own areas of that we ran the business you know we were both good at what we did but our marriage wasn't really working very well so we got divorced and we decided to continue to run the business because we did it very well and um you know and after about you know three four years of that it got really difficult we we just we weren't getting along it was very we were going through a custody battle we weren't getting along it was really tough um and uh you know and in the meantime, you know, the industry was would go through periodic times of consolidation, you know, and, and um, in, in 2013, I recognized that this was a period of consolidation and it was it was really time for us to sell it. So, right. um, you know, we actually got approached by three different national companies at the same time. Um, we were we didn't reach out to any of them, but we got approached by them. And um, they kind of bid the price of the company up. It was very fortuitous for us. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and we had this great opportunity and, you know, and we 
we ended up, you know, we ended up selling it and uh, actually took a, took a position with them. Um, stayed with them for four and a half years. The first right. couple were really good years. And then, you know, their culture kind of changed. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I recognized it was my time to go. And I think they recognized it too. I think we both came to the same conclusion. Um, you know, so it was my time to leave. And then I left and, uh, you know, and I, be, I went back to school. Um, I got a coaching certification. Started working with some small businesses and emerging entrepreneurs and, you know, and, and, uh, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And in the meantime, you know, I've had opportunities to invest in some of the companies I've worked with and, uh, you know, and I've, uh, and I've become, you know, I've invested in about 12 companies and, uh, you know, and, uh, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I can tell like, what, what were some of the things that you've learned in your 25 years of running that company? Wow. You know, I mean, I learned lessons every single day, you know, I mean, and, you know, one of the big lessons I learned was, you know, it really, it really all is about customer experience. You know, you, you have to create a customer experience when you're running a company, you know, and, you know, your, your customer is, is your commodity. It's, that's your gold. And yeah. uh, they always say customer is kink. Really, they really are, you know, and, you know, we used to have a saying like, there's more to fear from, you know, there's more to fear from your own incompetence than there is from competition, you know, um, and it's really true. You know, I mean, it's it's all about how, yeah, I mean, sometimes people will, people take deals away from you because they, they have, you know, better financial picture, but that's not going to, that's not going to ruin your company. You know, it's, too, you know, you're the only one who's going to ruin your company. And, and when you say, you know, when you give up, you know, it's not over until you give up, really. So. Right. Yeah. So do you think like running what your company is is almost as equivalent to running a startup? Or do you feel like there are two different apple two different animals? No, no. Together? I mean, you know, I mean the only difference is we, we had, you know, we we started with some business. You know, we started with kind of a book of business. And um, you know, but yes, it was a startup. You know, we had to create our own culture we had to create our own um processes in the company um you know we had to cut it, we had to create our own customer experience so yeah i mean in, in a lot of ways it really was a startup even though you know we, we we had a small book of business at the time we weren't we weren't starting from zero zero but not far from it right right so what is about um so let's just move. Let's just move a couple of years now that now that you became an angel investor, investing in startups. So what got you into that zone of of work? Well, you know, I think you know I started going to started going to some networking events around Pittsburgh. Just you know, just to start, you know, because I was starting my career over again. You know, and and I wasn't really able to go back to my you know, my old customers who I'd known a lot of them for 25 years and worked with them for, for a long, long time. Um, so I really need to start from scratch. So I started going to a lot of networking events and, um, and I went to one, a networking event called Entra. Um, Entra was a Pittsburgh based company and they were starting networking. And, you know, I met this young, you know, I met this young man, this young guy named Michael Merrill. Right. Um, and, and, and I was very impressed with him. You know, he was just a really, really impressive guy. And, you know, we, we began kind of meeting and talking and, and, uh, 
you know, and it was me. I said, you know what? Um, you, I think you've got something here. I think, you know, I think you're really a sharp guy and you've got a real concept and it's something I can align with. It's something I believe in. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in helping entrepreneurs. I believe in, you know, being around entrepreneurs, you know, and I'd like to invest in your company. And um, he, he had not had an investor at that point yet. Um, so we kind of hashed out some of the terms of the investment and, and uh, you know, and he was my first investment. Um, and I really wasn't, at that point, thinking, "Hey, I'm going to be an angel investor." It was just something that kind of so, organically happened. So, wait, Entra was your first real investment? Yeah, it was. Okay, so you just found Michael. You really enjoyed his first, his, first his Yeah, yeah, his, his real like tenacity in terms of building a new social network in the in the Web 3.0 platform. Yeah, well, this is before Web 3.0. I mean, this is you know there wasn't really a Web 3.0. This is three four years ago. So there really was not a web uh, 3.0 at that point, but he was building a platform for to serve entrepreneurs to, you know, and he had a vision and and I really got enrolled in his vision, you know, what he was creating. Right. Could you tell, uh, yeah, could you tell our audience more about the vision of Entra? Well, it was just his vision to serve entrepreneurs, you know, um, which I firmly believe in, you know, I my my dad. Like I said, my, my dad told me, you know, at one point, hey, you owe it to yourself to run your own company. And, and I believe that about everybody, you know, everybody, you know, deserves that opportunity. And, and you know, uh, because you, you grow so much as a person and, and a business person doing that. Um, so, you know, when he said that, you know, it, it really it resonated with me. And, and then, I, you know, we began talking about what his vision was and you know his vision was number one to set up networking events through a bunch of cities and, and you know and he was in the he was in the process of doing that and he, he got that rolling to about 12 different cities you know and then covid hit you know and, and all the all the you know network the in-person networking stopped but you know we started virtual networking right and you know and we, we had pitch competitions and so forth and and uh and you know and uh you know and i began judging some of the pitch competitions which was which was a great experience still is i still love to do that um because i love to hear what people are creating you know i love to hear what new you know entrepreneurs are creating and you know um so um so we did that but, but you know he had a further vision you know he, he wanted to you know at some point raise money and you know, create campuses for people to come and, you know, live on campus and immerse themselves in the entrepreneurial experience with other entrepreneurs, right. you know, where they can bounce, bounce ideas off one another and kind of help each other build their businesses. And, um, you know, it was just something I really, really aligned with. Right. Because um, so what was the uh, so that was the original vision of Entra. But what made him decide to pursue the Web 3.0 path? Well, you know, I think what made him, you know, decide to pursue that was, you know, as we started looking at, you know, this platform, it became more than just about entrepreneurs. It became about the future of work, you know, which, yeah. you know, future of work, future of workers, um, you know, and, and part of that you know, experience is is the crypto experience. You know, crypto is going to be a 
you know, it, it's it's here to stay. You know, no matter whatever anybody says, it's all here to stay. And you know, the Web three platform gives people an opportunity. You know, to number one, you know, invest their crypto into a company like Antra, um, trade goods and services with crypto. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities for people, you know, as they as they get into this business and as the future of entrepreneurship and the future of work evolves, you know, I think Antra is at the forefront. Yeah, because I see, <clears throat> sorry, I've experienced the platform several times and I've seen that um, the the goodness of what it is has been like it's 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 been it's allowing a lot of remote work take place like i'm getting network with people from all over the all over the world right, and right. Even, yeah and i never and you know you know the fun thing about entre is that there are a lot of uh what i call rooms where you get to just have these private sessions or let's say if you want to have scheduled events you can just do it in in these kinds of rooms that's basically what i, what I call the clubhouse and the clubhouse effect right right well, you know, we, you know, we got some of our, um, our mojo and some of our ideas from Clubhouse, um, but we feel like we're a different, you know, much different because, you know, number one, there's the video aspect of it. You can, you can, you know, see people like you can on Zoom. Um, but yeah, we, we have the continual rooms, so somewhat like Clubhouse, but, you know, scheduled events more, more so than people just kind of coming on and starting a room. Um, it's a little more structured, you know, and people, can, you know, people can come on and do an event every week, you know, recurring events and so forth. So, you know, and it's very inviting, you know, it's, it's not exclusive. I mean, you know, Clubhouse is a great platform, but, you know, you can go in a room with, you know, Elon Musk and there's 5,000 people in the room, you know, and, and you're not, not heard, you know, I mean, this is. We, we have a platform, you know, where you can be in a room with 20 or 30 people, you know, and, and you can get on, you can speak, you can get on stage or you can just listen. You know, it's it's very, you know, it's 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 much more intimate. And yeah, because yeah, I feel like because when I, you know, I joined Clubhouse back in 2020 and back then it was like, OK, there was only a handful of people using it. And, you know, that's where you got more opportunities to interact with people on stage. So, but only only because of the fact that it's gotten bigger, it's become more. It's invited everyone over from every walks of life over. It became kind of like a mass commodity prop based product, and I see that you know Entra could. I mean, that's the reason why it's become a bit more kind of exclusive. So, I mean, this you know some it could kind of could happen to Entra one way or the other. Like, let's say if it starts growing, it gets bigger and bigger. That could be also the same kind of effect in terms of the uh, exclusivity. So, what is Entre trying to do to make that different? Like, make sure well, it doesn't try to I reach mean, that. You know, I think you know Clubhouse Mushroom. You know, and a lot of companies did. I mean, Clubhouse got on. You know, before they had any revenues, they raised three hundred million dollars. You know, God love them. I mean, it's 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 great. Entre, you know, we're we're growing much more organically. You know, we're we're growing. You know, much more. You know, I mean, our, we're we're growing our revenues organically. We're growing um, our you know our membership organically, um, our usership organically. So, you know, you know, if we can grow 20 percent a month, you know, month over month, that's great. You know, we don't need a mushroom. I don't think that's a. I don't think it's necessarily a healthy thing uh, for us to do that. You know. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think we're looking for a three hundred million dollar check at this point. Is that? I mean, that's probably the reason why Clubhouse just exploded because of the three hundred million. Um. Well, I mean, I think the usership exploded. You know. Now, you know, I think, I think it kind of went. You know, it it it, it kind of went like that. You know, it kind of paraboled. You know, <laughs> um, and then, you know, I mean, they they at the height is when they raised all their money, you know, but, but then I think, you know, I don't think as many people are on clubhouses as they were a year ago. Right. I don't think anywhere close. So what do you see are like some of the biggest challenges that are facing Entra right now in terms of that uh, growth? I mean, I know the, and it takes time to grow organically, but how are, is Entra willing to you know keep, keep course when there's a lot of things happen when there's like, well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of competition out there and all that. Yeah, I mean, the, the core challenge of any startup right now, you know, is fundraising because, you know, we're, we're in a, you know, the whole fundraising market has changed in the last six months. It's just, you know, whereas there were companies throwing, you know, there were companies, there were, uh, there were money people throwing money at startups, you know, six, six to 12 months ago. Um, you know, and there were a lot of first-time founders who, you know, really had never managed any type of money, you know, and all of a sudden they had this this huge war chest, you know, and what do you do with it? Well, you know, now there's, you know, there's not a lot of money out there. So, you know, first-time founders who've never seen a downturn in the market, you know, have got to navigate this this market. They've got to, you know, they've got to say, okay, you know, we have to make our money last. We have to stretch. We have to, you know, we have to look 24 months out and look at our survival. Right. That's a challenge of just about any startup right now. You know, um, Entra's in nice shape because, you know, we've raised enough money, I think, to get us to that. And we've always operated lean, you know. You know yeah. We've always operated very, very lean, you know. We're, is, we're it, they, is Entra trying to be more like a slow and steady kind of startup? Rather than like a fast explosion kind of because yeah because yeah, I, mean, no, I hear I hear so sorry yeah yeah I hear a lot of advice from a lot of different people especially in the startup space especially people from different different uh, accelerator programs like YC or TechStars oh they always say there's some people there's some people I don't, I don't want to name name names or anything like that but let's just say people give advice saying you got to make sure the startup grows otherwise it's not a startup. It has to go rapidly all the way to the top. Otherwise, it's just relegated to a small business or something like that. So that is that what Entra is working towards is to like, do you feel it's going to be working towards like this huge startup in a way? Or because I mean, maybe I just don't want to. It's just more about what I've been learning from other people. That's what's making me ask this question. Yeah, I mean, the way you say it, there's almost a negative connotation to a small business. Um you know, small business is up to fifty million. That's right. to me, that's a pretty good sized business. You know, yeah. fifty million dollar business. You know, you're legit. Um, yeah. So no, I'm, I'm still learning how startups work. So I'm still kind of. It's yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, to, to be that. a startup, and you know, I mean, you, there's a difference between being a startup and being a unicorn. You know, I mean, and and you know, unicorn status. That's about one in a thousand, maybe one in ten thousand. You know, there aren't many companies that reach unicorn status and you don't have to, you know, I mean, look, you, you can run a great business at 50 million or, or even 20 million, you know, 
You can have a nice lifestyle. You can run a great business, you know, and you can continue to grow it from there. So, you know, um, you know, these accelerators, you know, they're putting money in. So, yeah, they want to see you mushroom and become a unicorn so they can get a 50 or 80x or 100x on their investment. Um, you know, look, most <laughs> most angels, you know, you you get a 10x, 15x, you know, in three, four years, you're pretty happy with that. That's that's a pretty good return. Got it. And so in terms of so in your mind, why is let's say for example, I've I have a business. I've I'm looking to start something. Why do you feel Entra is the right platform for me to use? Well, like you said, you know, you've gotten connected with people all over the world here, you know, and, and, and there are, you know, it's it's a platform that anybody can get on, you know, people are open to communicating, people are helpful, um, you know, you meet people, you form business alliances, um, you know, you get good advice, you get good guidance, you know, hey, I need a good, you know, I need a good patent attorney. Oh, okay. Well, this guy knows this guy, and this, that's pretty good. You know, uh, you know, you, you can get kind of moved over to the right, right person. Um, so, you know, Entra is a great platform for, for startups and and you know young businesses to, to utilize. All right, cool. So going forward, um, you know, because you since Entra is your first. Uh your first startup that you invested in. And then you mentioned to me off can off, uh, off record that you've uh, invested in 10 other startups, right? Or Correct. Not, so where are you, so is this where you're planning on going in the coming years? Like you just want to continue investing in startups, giving being the advisor playing the role of like helping them out, grow, helping them out to grow in a way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a unique angel because, um, you know, I, I'm a business coach. So, you know, I will, you know, I will invest in companies, but I also work with them on an ongoing basis, you know, to, to help them, you know, crystallize their vision to help them move, you know, move to the next plateau, um, work toward, you know, what they're, what they're looking for. And, you know, and it's, uh, it, you know, it's interesting because young companies, they pivot a lot, you know, so they may have, they may have a vision, you know, on day one, you know, and on day 360, it's a completely different vision, you know, but you got to stay with them. You know, you, you have to be supportive and stay with them and, you know, and, and help them really work through what they're work what they're looking for, what they want, you know, where they see they're, you know, they're getting traction. And, uh, you know, and it's a lonely journey being an entrepreneur, you know, so, you know, for me, it's, partially that and it's partially just being there for them you know and hearing them out and you know walking them through their bad days and you know encouraging them through, through their good ones it's, yep it's what it is all right cool so yeah i just want to wrap up the uh, conversation so what advice would you give to other founders visionaries of the future that you're looking to let's say as an angel investor what advice would you give them well first of all it's not over till you say it is <laughs> ever you know, so, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's number one, um, you know, number two, uh, you know, every time you open your mouth, it's a commercial, you know, 
Yeah, it's a sales pitch. If you open your, even when you're just talking about random things, you're you're indirectly right. talking about. Unless, for example, if you're talking about a laptop that you enjoyed, you're still kind of you're indirectly selling that laptop to that person. And you're selling yourself. It's yeah. you know you're you're a commercial every time you open your mouth. You know, so be conscious of how you're projecting yourself. You know, are you getting on? Are you smiling? Are you you know are you upbeat? Are you positive? You know. Uh, you know, if you have an impulse to say something negative about someone, don't do it. <laughs> it's not right. worth it. <laughs> All right, cool, Scott. I just want to thank you again for taking the time to be on, be on the Next in Time podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing your success in these different uh, these different investments coming in thank the you. coming years. And likewise. All right. All right. Be well. Thank you.